David Dujanovic. David Dujanovic. Special coverage of the top local story. And this story is actually um, locally impacting a, a lot of tech businesses, uh, but the Silicon Valley Bank failure in California. Wow. It, it came out of the blue for me. I don't know, Dave, if, if you were paying attention to the banking sector early last week and saw the bank run coming, but wowee, that happened You didn't fast. see that? Embarrassing. <laughs> no, like, I didn't see this. Of course not. Um, in a moment, we're going to speak to the president uh, and CEO of, uh, is it Fractional Marketing? Yeah, that- Dave, the David Politis Company. The David Politis Company. You know a lot about the tech industry. You've been involved um, in the marketing of it and publicity of it, investor relations for 35 years. I just want to refresh real quickly for our listeners, David and Dave, what went south so quickly with uh, Silicon Valley Bank uh, over in California, uh, the effects of which are being felt across the world and including Utah. Um, It happened last week. There was a run on the bank when word you'd mentioned earlier, got out over Twitter that things weren't looking so hot for this bank. It had tied up a lot of its, excuse me, its uh, customer deposits in treasury bonds. As the tech industry started to wobble over the course of the last several weeks in terms of layoffs and cutbacks, um, the people who had money in the bank wanted to withdraw it. And they didn't have enough liquid cash on hand, so they had to start selling some of these treasury bonds that they purchased a couple of years ago at very low rates. Well, unfortunately for them, for for the bank, the rates on treasury bonds have gone up. So why would I want to buy a treasury bond from you, Dave, at 1% when I can buy one from some other guy at 5%? Well, treasury bonds are supposed to be the long game, right? That's correct. Sit, Sit on them, let them do their thing. Uh, but when you do have this run on banks, and this is a problem with all banks, right? It's not just a treasury bond thing. If if all your investors, if all your depositors come and they want to cash out, I don't, I can't think of a bank, no matter how they're invested, that can sustain that. I think there's a really interesting thing here to remind your listeners about. If they remember the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. And there is this run on the savings and loan. George Bailey explains to his clients, his customers, your money's not here. Your money's in this house and in that house and in this business and in that business. And so that allocation of actual money on hand versus the money that's loaned out is something that every bank, every financial institution, every credit union has to deal with all the time. And one of the ways that you do that is most banks have what's called a chief risk officer or something like that. Silicon Valley Bank didn't have a chief risk officer for over 10 months in 2022. And so who was watching out there? Nobody apparently for Silicon Valley Bank. That's where things went sideways. What's important for your listeners to to know though, Silicon Valley Bank served a very important role in doing what classic entrepreneurs and inventors do. They find a hole in the marketplace, something that's not being fulfilled, a need, a pain, and they filled it. If you were a software entrepreneur back in the 1980s, 1970s, you could not get a loan because it was software. Where's the assets? Where's the land I can sell? Where's the building I can sell? Where's the, mm. the factory I can sell? 
It's all ones and zeros in software. And these two guys down in Silicon Valley said, you know what? I'll bet we can come up with a way to value software and loan money against it. That's how Silicon Valley Bank got started. And so as a result, where did these tech entrepreneurs put a lot of their money? In Silicon Valley Bank because then they could get loan against their assets and they got it. They understood them. And it grew to be the 16th largest bank in the United States and served all the tech community, including Utah, very, very well. For 40-plus years. So David Politis, uh, he's worked in the tech industry for 35 years, marketing, publicity, investor relations, in studio with us right now as we uh, watch the fallout from the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Let's talk about the tech sector in Utah. How are they being impacted, and do you expect that uh, they'll be seeing funds, um, which the president promised today, that anybody who is a customer there will have access to funds starting today? Well, they will. And so what was announced yesterday is the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank and the U.S. Treasury Department and the FDIC. That's the organization that insures your deposits up to $250,000. They got together under the direction apparently of the Biden administration, the White House, and said, tell you what, we're going to make any deposit in Silicon Valley Bank available on Monday. And that was not the rule. So they have bent the rules in this case for right now. So any customer, any depositor of Silicon Valley Bank has access to their funds this very second, like literally today. That includes every tech company, every life science company in Utah. And so all the hair on fire on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it's done. The money's available. Now, Are there other concerns out there in the banking industry? There are. But today, no, not anymore. If I'm banking with Silicon Valley, I can just – why would I leave my money there? Well, I don't – well, first of all, Silicon Valley Bank is dead. Yeah. And so when the California banking regulators stepped in on Friday and said, you're done – they assigned the FDIC as the receiver. So they took over running all of the assets, all the operations of what had been Silicon Valley Bank. They formed a new bank, DNIB of Santa Clarica. It means some long, stupid thing, but that took over. And they said, as per the rules, anybody with deposits of under $250,000, your money will be available on Monday. If you have more than two fifty, dollars some will be available by the end of the week. But some of your money might be tied up for up to six months. Okay. Okay. So that's the standard way it happens. The brouhaha, uh-uh, not anymore. That money is available oidia, today. So. So going forward, David, if you if, if there is a tech company um, who is putting all of their eggs in one basket in one bank, what would your recommendation be? Would it be to diversify? Well, first of all, yes. It's a bad business practice to have all of your eggs in one basket, period. Right. If you're a marketing agency, a PR agency, and all you do is serve one industry, if that industry goes in the toilet, you're really at risk. You can go out of business fast. And so diversify. Most business planners, consultants would sell you 15 20% of your business should be in a particular industry or sector. 
Anything above 20% is considered risky, right? So from a standpoint of where should you put your money so you have liquid access to it, quick access, the rule is still $250,000. Do I think that rule should change? I think it should. I think it's too low today. Yeah. Okay. I think it's I don't know if it's three fifty, I don't know if it's half right. a million it does, dollars, it but it should be high. Today's times, yeah. Given you know, so I think that should change. But let's be serious. The vast majority of households in America live paycheck to paycheck. And so I think of what smart money guy Dave Ramsey has said for decades, which is you should have at least a thousand dollars in cash on hand at your home. That you, if you need it in an emergency, you can go out and you can buy this thing, pay for this thing, whatever. I think that number is too low. Also, I think it's probably two thousand twenty five hundred. But that's the first thing I would tell your listeners: put it, have a couple thousand dollars set aside in cash somewhere in your home or someplace you can get access to it. And if you have over one hundred twenty five, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, should you have it all in one bank? No, you should not. Not very smart. Well, we appreciate you Great taking advice. the time and joining us. David Politis, president and CEO of the David Politis Company. Uh, thank you for your time. Which leads thank us, you. Uh, walks us straight up to our next conversation that Dave and I are going to have with our listeners. Um, if you were swept up in this and your employer told you, uh, we don't have the funds available to pay you this week, would you be okay? Let's have that discussion next.